Hey, that's nice. Here we go. Hey, girl. You just tuned into the Britney Smith podcast. You're tuned in because either you're an entrepreneur, a mama, or both. And sometimes you just need a minute to, well, just be. And on this show, you'll get a lovely mixture of business and branding genius, faith and motivation. And if you're a mama, you understand conversations. Because let's be honest, we are fabulously multifaceted and amazing. So thanks for popping by. I'm really glad you're here. Girl, let's get into it here on the Britney Smith Podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Britney Smith Podcast. I am your host, Brittany N. Smith, and I am here with my new friend right across the bridge, all the bridges, right in Philly, <laughs> Haley Johnson. And she is going to talk to us today. We're going to have a conversation today um, around LinkedIn and lead gen and how we can partner the two together so that we can really get the right kinds of people into our business and we can serve in a more fulfilling way. Um, So Haley, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And I really love that you said it's going to be a conversation because I think a lot of people probably heard LinkedIn and were like, oh, this is not going to be the episode for me. But I promise you, it can be the episode for you if you've ever thought that LinkedIn is something you should be doing, but you don't want to be doing it. Um, We can find a way to make it work for you today. That'll be my goal. (laughs) Awesome. 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 So with that, Can you uh, paint a friendly picture of LinkedIn for those of us who, like you said, may be skeptical or have kind of shied away from LinkedIn um, because of maybe some of their preconceived notions about it? Like, oh, it's just for this kind of person or, oh, if you're this kind of business, you shouldn't be on there. Like kind of demystify and paint a nice picture of LinkedIn for us today. Yeah, definitely. So I think when a lot of people think of LinkedIn, they think of like this buttoned up corporate, you have to be a certain way. I know for me, my first exposure to LinkedIn was during like a career prep class in college. So they're like, you know, you're telling you how to use LinkedIn at the same time as they're telling you that you can't have anything in your background during a Zoom interview or God forbid you wear sweatpants like with a nice shirt up top. Like you're being told all of these like very traditional, very uh, limiting and constricting and kind of misogynistic sometimes things about who you have to be to be a good person on LinkedIn. And so we come to LinkedIn with this perception. And then in the online business space or in the creative space, we also have this perception of Instagram as being so much work because it is. There's so many different platforms. There's so many different parts of the platform. There's so many different things you have to do to please the algorithm. And it's changing all the time. So then in our minds, we think LinkedIn is serious and social media is difficult and finicky. So LinkedIn is a difficult, finicky social media platform, but that's not true. Okay. The LinkedIn algorithm, I don't like understand algorithms like mathematically, but the way the LinkedIn algorithm works is it values engagement. So it doesn't matter what LinkedIn thinks is cool or what new like part of the platform they're trying to promote. If you create content that people engage with, you will succeed on LinkedIn. And it's as simple as that. And so when you think about your personality and how you want to show up and what your website looks like and like 
what your vibe is, if people like that off of LinkedIn, you will find people who like that on LinkedIn. And then LinkedIn stops being so scary. It's not all men in suits, especially if you don't connect with men in suits. And then you can create this really amazing tight-knit community that is just so much less stress because if you skip a day posting or want to create something that's not super algorithm friendly, like you don't get punished for it. And I think that it's so opposite of this buttoned up, high strung environment we think it is. It's actually like so laid back, so chill, and it can be so, so fun. That is so awesome because, you know, I personally definitely look at LinkedIn as like, oh, that's the professional space. You got to show up with your, you know, pencil skirt and your collar and, you know, come from an educational academic perspective, Mm -hmm. like when you're, you know, these articles and all these things. So, um, you know, and I I do understand that it has changed over the years, um, especially like through the pandemic and all of those kinds of things. I think um, to your point, it kind of has become more human than um, than in the past where it was more so, you know, corporate entities and representative Mm -hmm. of those entities just connecting, Um, you know, so I I appreciate that. Um, And so you call yourself an accidental LinkedIn expert. So tell us about that. Yeah. So when I graduated college, you know, where I learned everything I hated about LinkedIn, um, I had a sociology degree, which if you don't want to be a social worker, it means it's really hard to find a job because I didn't have any like specific internship experience. I just knew like I was creative. I was a strong writer. I kind of wanted to work in marketing, but I didn't know what that would look like. And so I started freelancing. And one of the gigs I had as a freelancer was this deep dive into how to use LinkedIn. I was working with an agency that did like honestly, everything that I hate about LinkedIn, like using (laughs) bots to send connection requests and like growing people's networks by like hundreds of people per day, like absolutely wild stuff that actually LinkedIn doesn't let you do anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I'm working for this company that's doing all this like stuff that I hate. I'm researching how to use LinkedIn and I'm realizing like, that's not the way to be successful on LinkedIn. That's the way to get good numbers. But it's not the way to build relationships, leverage those relationships and create a genuine, you know, network of people ready to support you and who you want to support. Um, So as I'm doing this writing project, learning all this stuff about LinkedIn, um, I also got fired for something really dumb. And so then I was no longer with the company and I had all this LinkedIn knowledge and I'm like a spiteful little fiery Leo. So I was like, F this, like, I'm going to go be a LinkedIn expert. And that was kind of how it began. Um, And I helped clients grow their businesses with LinkedIn. I grew my business with LinkedIn. I didn't have a website until November of 2020. And I started doing this in August of 2017. So I spent all of that time growing and networking and building connections without even a website. And I had a business. Um, And so then around July of last year, I was like, I got to teach other people how to do this because this is freaking sweet. Like, (laughs) I always thought you couldn't have a business without a website. And for so long, I was like, wait a minute, I have a business. This is real. Um, And I wanted to give more people that opportunity. So I stumbled into it. I used to hate LinkedIn. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. And I think many of us listening have that kind of 
stumbling upon kind of story. Many of us have that story when it comes to our businesses and kind of how we ended up where we are today. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the same way. I kind of stumbled into graphic design. I stumbled into brand design because it was kind of like, oh, well, I need these things. I can't afford to pay somebody for these things. And I'm actually (laughs) kind of decent at these things. So I started doing my own stuff. And then people started to inquire like, well, who did your flyer? Who did your website? And I'm like, well, I did. And they're willing to give me money for it. And I'm like, okay, we're on to something. Um, Mm -hmm. So no, so I I totally relate with that. Um, So when we talk about LinkedIn, one of the things that I notice is that people look to position themselves as as thought leaders Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. So tell us what a thought leader is and how would you suggest we go about presenting ourselves? Like, does somebody have to call you a thought leader or do you just show up and say, you know what? I'm going to be a thought leader. And then you just start leading with your thoughts. Like, tell us about that process. Yeah. So there's a lot of, I don't want to say controversy, but basically like my dad and I got into a heated discussion about what a thought leader is. And he said, thought leaders are annoying and stupid. And I was like, I don't think you follow (laughs) thought leaders. Um, But the way I look at thought leadership and the way that I try to help my clients and students and friends embrace thought leadership is it's just this idea that you have a unique perspective on something that you are an expert at, something related to your industry, something that you can speak on with authority that's not just regurgitating what other people are saying. So like my decision to, I guess, become a thought leader in the LinkedIn space is because I've been saying you can do whatever you want on LinkedIn and make it work for you if you embrace it since way before all of the like great resignation and people started being more casual on LinkedIn. Like I've been casual on LinkedIn from day one, but so like, that's how I can look at, I feel like a thought leader because I had this new perspective. I think a lot of people jump into the idea of thought leadership by being like hot take spicy moment, unpopular opinion, but then they say something that like everyone already agrees with. And that's the type of thought leadership that my dad and I were like, he thought that's thought leadership. (laughs) No, that's just being annoying. Yeah. Um, So yeah, all you need to do to be a thought leader on LinkedIn or anywhere else is have a unique perspective and the guts to share it confidently. And I think any of us as entrepreneurs have that. That's why we went out to be our own bosses. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, and, and as you say that the unique perspective and the guts to share it, um, you know, that's hard for some people, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard, let alone the sharing piece, but, um, you know, how do you navigate? Cause like you said, you were on LinkedIn, um, you were casual from day one and then all these other people started jumping on and, and doing the casual thing and making mm-hmm. it a thing. And you're like, but I've been doing that. Um, and so I find as a coach, as a designer before the pandemic, you know, people were looking for graphic designers. They were looking for coaches and stuff like that. And then after the pandemic, they all became graphic designers and coaches. And I'm like, what the heck? So now um, it, it almost feels like you have to come up with some kind of like, you know, gimmicky, like catchy kind of something just to kind of keep your foot in the door mm-hmm. because there are so many people populating the online space. So how do you navigate that? And how do you then position yourself to generate leads in such a crowded market? Yeah. So I absolutely love staying in my lane. I, you know, have my own perspective. I have my own point of view. I'm happy to share about it. 
but I'm not trying to become the next LinkedIn influencer with tens of thousands of followers and having posts go viral and like being seen all the time. Like that's not my goal. That I think is the market that is saturated and competitive. But when you pull it back and just think about the relationships that you can make with a strategically curated network, with a strategically, um, you know, written set of thought leadership posts, like when you think about it in that smaller perspective, I don't need to stand out amongst all of this competition. I just need to be the best marketing strategist, copywriter, LinkedIn person that has good relationships with my network so that they refer me to other people or they come to me when they have a question and want to hire me. It's not about standing out in the entire ocean of fish. It's about being the goldfish that someone takes home from the carnival, you know? I love that. I love that so much. (laughs) I love it. And it makes perfect sense. And so really what you're speaking to is leaning into your gifts, leaning into your expertise and creating a space where people come to you for you and for what you have to offer, as opposed to you going out and going fishing (laughs) or going out and finding the hooks versus letting the hooks come to you. Yeah. uh, It's like if you're struggling to stand out in a crowded market, like build a smaller market. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. And it, it it's still, like you said earlier, it takes guts to do that. Um, one of the things I think we struggle with, and when I say we, I mean, you know, female entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, that's who listens to this show. One of the things that we struggle with is having the confidence to create a pond where we're the standalone fish. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's that imposter syndrome. I know you've heard all about that in, in our spaces and it's like, okay, what do, what do you tell yourself when it comes down to being time for you to stand alone in your own space? Like, what would you say to the person who is like literally at the threshold and it's like, okay, I got to get out of this crowded pond. I need to create my own lane, create my own platform, but I'm scared because I'm just not that confident. What do you say to that person? Um, I think I have a an interesting perspective on this because I feel like my real life persona and like my like person that I'm in the same skin as and my online person are completely different people. Like you and I are having a conversation right now, but like it becomes a different person once it gets put onto whatever podcast platform. Like I just like disconnect from the things that other people see. And so if someone doesn't like it, if someone doesn't resonate with it, if someone doesn't think that I'm doing the right thing, okay, cool. That's like, that's online Haley. She's, she's over it. It doesn't matter. Like, I just feel like if you're going to put things into the world, someone's going to resonate with them. And if someone doesn't resonate with them, as long as your intentions are good, and as long as you're not you know, putting harm into the world and putting people at risk for something like there's not really consequences for having an idea that other people don't want to cling on to. And right. that's okay. And so, you know, if someone sees a post and likes it and that post goes really well, I'm like, so freaking cool. But if I write a post and like, it doesn't get a lot of engagement or no one reaches out to me from it, I'm just like, Okay. Okay. No one saw it. Moving on. Like, it just, it doesn't have to be that deep. And I know that's something that 
is hard for people. And I know that I think I'm really lucky to be able to have that disconnect and not feel like, you know, the things that I do necessarily have to matter if they don't go very well. Um, But just trying to like detach yourself from neutral to bad like outcomes for things like that um when there's no real consequences I think right you just no, gotta move on yeah yeah and so um is that your like have you always been that way or is it something that you kind of practiced and developed over time um I think that like growing up and like in school, I was always a very good student. Like I love a rubric, anything where it's like, these are the ways you can get all the points. Like I can check boxes. I can do all of that. And then I think once I graduated into a world without a concrete set of qualitative or quantitative standards that you can like get a pass or fail or get a perfect score or get less than perfect. Like once that was no longer an option, I was like, I've succeeded up until this point. I'm just going to live my life, do my best, have great intentions. Like I never have any intention to do harm to anyone or make anyone feel bad about their like anything. So I know that if I'm going out into the world with the best intentions, like I'll have the best results that I'm capable of and just trying not to worry about the perception because it's not like anyone else has a rubric that I don't have. Like we're all just guessing. (laughs) Right, right. Figuring it out as we go, for Mm -hmm. sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that insight. Because like I said, I think um, many people who are listening struggle Mm -hmm. with detaching themselves and their worth and their value from whether or not somebody accepts or rejects their ideas or what they've created. Um, And so when you talk about um, LinkedIn and lead gen, I'm going to bring us back around um, with that, with that. what talk to us about the approach that you take in using LinkedIn to connect with other people and to connect with the right people? Because when you connect with the right people, then the chances of them resonating with what you mm-hmm. release and put out are greater, right? And so talk to us a little bit about your strategy when it comes to that. Yeah. So I've got like the most annoying lawyery answer of like, it depends. Um, <laughs> we, we use this concept called the lead gen archetypes to help people figure out what their lead generation strategy should be on LinkedIn, because not everyone wants to show up and post thought leadership content. Not everyone wants to be sending out a bunch of connection requests and networking and doing all of that. And we want to honor that boundary and that like knowledge that this is not for me and this is not something that I want to be doing. And we don't want to close LinkedIn off to those people for, you know, whatever personal preferences they have. So we break it down into three archetypes of the wallflower, the dancing diva, and the social butterfly. So for a wallflower on LinkedIn, Legion is all about getting found. It's about having an optimized profile. And then it's about really leveraging the knowledge that you get from the people who visit your profile. So you can like turn your privacy settings really far down on LinkedIn and see the people that are looking at your profile. And so for wallflowers, we just have them keep tabs on who's looking at their profile, who's sending them connection requests and staying on top of like, hey, I saw you were looking at my profile. Do you want to talk about something or do you want to check out this you know, freebie that I have? Um, and kind of taking someone's like lurking on your stuff as the first move. Um, for Dancing Divas, it's all about that content and thought leadership and being out there and being seen. But then we do the same thing and it's 
sorry, I just want to text message that distracted me. <laughs> um, so for the Dancing Divas, we have all of this content, all of this thought leadership that's going out. But just like with the wallflowers, we're keeping track of who's engaging with that content, who's commenting on that content, and then reaching out to further those relationships. And for the more like traditional understanding of how we do lead gen for social butterflies, it's all about relationships. So that's when you're going to be searching for ideal clients, searching for podcast guests, for podcasts to guest on. Um, one of my now good friends started out as someone who I found on LinkedIn, pitched them to be on their podcast, was on their podcast. And then like they joined my membership and I bought something from them and they brought me on for a client project. And we built this reciprocal relationship because I wasn't just looking for clients. I was looking for a network and a network is diverse and you need some people and some people need you. And for the social butterfly perspective, they're all about building that network. Um, so those are three kind of surface level approaches to using LinkedIn. If you want to know what your archetype is, go to thepropagy.com slash quiz and we will tell you. Um, but yeah, that's how we approach lead gen. It's very individual. It's very person specific. And what I love about LinkedIn is that no one way is better or worse than the other. Right, right. No, I love that. Um, and, you know, I think <laughs> with us being women and being complex individuals sometimes, like in some seasons, you might be a wallflower. In some seasons, you might be the social butterfly. Mm-hmm. But like, I love the fact that you can really shift and it'll ebb and flow with where you are. Um, and so can you talk to us a little bit about creating content for LinkedIn. Um, you know, what content works really well? I know it depends but <laughs> <laughs> from what you've seen and maybe even from what you do personally. Um, what do you find um, in terms of content creation are some best practices? Yeah. So the two like standards on LinkedIn that are pretty much true no matter what is LinkedIn doesn't like when you are constantly sharing promotional only content. So if every single one of your posts is like, hey, work with me. Hey, these are the ways you can work with me. Hey, look at this project. Do you want a project like that? LinkedIn's not going to like that. And by LinkedIn, I mean your network. So people on LinkedIn are very business oriented. They want to talk about businessy things. They want to talk about career things, but they don't want to just be sold to all the time because we're being sold to all the time everywhere everywhere yeah and linkedin is kind of the one like businessy space where you can develop those business oriented relationships without it being a constant sales pitch so the one key thing is not always selling and the other key thing is a variety of content that feels natural so we have our membership Thought Leaders Collective that sends weekly thought leadership prompts, um, but not every post is thought leadership specific. There's educational content, there's inspirational content, there's personal content, like there's this mix and a, a good mix of content. There's some sales content in there, but a good mix feels like there's actually a person on the other side of this account. And it's not just like something that you batched, even if you do batch it. Um But in that same vein, it's like a shuffling of different types of content and also a shuffling of different presentations of content. So sometimes you can share a link. 
Sometimes you can share it with a picture. Sometimes it's just text. And it's not that any one of those types of content works better than another, but it's having that variety. So it's not like this um, like super curated piece of content and a stock photo or a super curated piece of content and a brand photo. Like you don't need to attach a photo to everything. And I think that is something that helps make LinkedIn more engaging because everything is like, ooh, what can I expect when I hit read more? Um, And that is what keeps people engaged. Got you. Got you. Very helpful. Um, And so my next question is, um, would you say that some industries or some business types fare better on LinkedIn than others? Yeah, I mean, definitely there's like the B2B side of things works better on LinkedIn because business owners are on LinkedIn and people are on LinkedIn for like business purposes. Um, But that's not to say that a product-based person couldn't do well or a B2C person couldn't do well. Um, There's a lot of like career coaches and leadership coaches and life coaches who do really well on LinkedIn. Um, But it kind of just depends on who they're targeting and what their audience is doing. Um, For the most part, I feel like every business owner that I've talked to, actually, I can think of one. I have one friend who is a postpartum coach. So she works with, she's like a doula and she works with people who are in their first year postpartum. And she mostly works with like stay-at-home moms or people who work part-time and like the career is not the primary goal. So like they're probably not hanging out on LinkedIn, especially not looking for like birth advice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But let's say you are a doula or a midwife or a maternity postpartum coach for high achieving career women who want to have that balance, who want to, you know, get back to work right away, you know, whatever that goal is, LinkedIn's probably a great place. Right. So I think anyone has what it takes to think critically about their audience and whether or not they're on LinkedIn. But our first instinct is to be like, well, I don't want to be on LinkedIn and then say my ideal clients aren't on it as like the reason. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's so true. And I love, um, yeah, I've I've been thinking lately about the power of reframing things. Um, And so ladies who are listening, this is a great opportunity for you to really reframe how you view LinkedIn um, in your business and as a re- as it relates to um, fishing in a new pond for new connections and new relationships. Um, I'm a very big cheerleader of the power of relationships in business, especially as a brand strategist and as a graphic designer. Like I am a B2B person, but there's I'm always more interested in the person behind the brand, the person behind the business. And so uh, one of the things about what I do that I enjoy is connecting and just getting to know the people um, beyond their services, beyond their products and stuff like that. And so I think LinkedIn does present a really cool opportunity to not just get to know you from a business perspective, but like we can connect over here on, you know, what is the ROI and all those things. But then we can also connect over here on our favorite football team or, you know, our kids, you know, going off to the first day of school or whatever. So um, I definitely think it's a a cool place and I will give it another look. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I think like one of my favorite metrics of like a successful LinkedIn relationship is when we go from like 
being connected on LinkedIn to following each other on our personal Instagrams. Like once you've gotten to that point with someone, it's like, okay, I did the job. I like created the relationship and now like I feel ready to support them or ready to ask them for advice or anything like that. You kind of bridge that gap between the business and the personal. And I really love having relationships on both sides of that. Absolutely. And I think too, it's important that we get back to real relationship building. Um, I hate, and I'm using hate, like (laughs) when people reach out and they, like, you can tell that they just want the sale or they, you know what I'm saying? And then you can tell that they don't care. And it's like very sleazy feeling. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. like, I'm a person. Like, can you, you know, get to know me? Like, you don't even know if I'm a good fit for you, but you're just trying to, you know, see what you can get. And so um, I think for women, especially like we're relational creatures already and naturally. So being able to use it to our advantage in business, I think is also a great strategy. Um, So Haley, tell us what you have for us today. Like, how can we connect with you? What do you have? I know you mentioned your lead archetype quiz. I'm going to head over and (laughs) grab the quiz, Uh, but how can we get connected with you immediately? Yeah. So there's the lead gen archetype quiz. It's the propagy, P-R-O-P-E-G-Y.com slash quiz. Um, if you take that, it's literally like six questions and it'll help you find your lead gen archetype and then give you some advice on how you can grow using those archetypes on LinkedIn. We have Thought Leaders Collective, which is my absolute favorite thing I've ever created. Started with an argument with my dad. I built the whole thing on an airplane and... <laughs> Now it's weekly thought leadership prompts. We have a community of about 20 amazing women in a private LinkedIn group. And it is just so, so, so much fun. So thepropagy.com slash TLC for that. And if you want to connect with me personally, feel free to do so on LinkedIn. It's um, linkedin.com slash Haley-E-Johnson. I'll send over all the links. Um or on Instagram, just because it's easier to remember at Propagy. And then we can connect on LinkedIn from there. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Ladies, I hope you took some notes and I hope that you will give LinkedIn another chance. Okay. <laughs> and then, you know, as you're planning your 2023, um, if you are a business owner, I want you to walk away from this conversation thinking about how you can creatively use LinkedIn to help grow your business. Um, and so Haley, thank you again for thank hanging out Thank you so with much us. for having me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And ladies, we will see you next week for another episode of the Brittany Smith podcast. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to leave a comment and then share this episode with another amazing lady who needs to hear today's show. Yes, girl. I'm serious. Just send her the link and say, girl, listen to this. Want to hang out with me every day? Head over to Facebook and join the female coaches, consultants, and content creators group on Facebook. Or you can join my mailing list in the links below this episode. Girl, I enjoyed our conversation. Stay amazing and remember, you are loved, you are needed, and nobody, I repeat, nobody can do what you do the way you do it. See you next time on the Brittany Smith Podcast.